This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. Today, we are going to focus on data and data privacy. As you know, this week, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg got grilled for two days on Capitol Hill after reports confirmed a company called Cambridge Analytica scrubbed Facebook data of 87 million accounts and somehow pushed messages that might have influenced voting in the 2016 election. To help us make sense of this and what we need to know about the information about us online, we are joined by Diane Meyer. She is president and CEO of iCreate Results. It's a digital marketing and advertising firm here in Metro Atlanta. Among Diane's accomplishments, award-winning campaigns for PetSmart Charities and Ferrari, her firm also launched the website for the College Football Hall of Fame. Diane, many thanks for coming in to share your knowledge with us today. We met at an awards event where you were recognized several weeks ago, and I thought, oh, you are an expert I need to know. So, again, appreciate your being here. Well, thank you for having me. So we're talking data, and everyone is giving second thought to that hashtag called Delete Facebook. Is that something Facebook users should do? Well, I think it actually, you have to back up before you get to that moment. Back us up then. So, People need to start becoming much more aware of how much they're sharing across all different types of platforms. So your data isn't just on Facebook. And so Facebook's being made an example of by Congress right now. Mark Zuckerberg, I think, schooled Congress, very calm and collected, answering questions that were ridiculous and showed just how weak some of our politicians are. However, if you broaden this discussion, you're going to look at data that you're giving to Amazon, data you're giving your car, it's time the, the public woke up a little bit and started understanding your willingness to have access to technology that's sitting on your wrist right now, that's tracking everything you do, is an exchange for something. So yes, Facebook is free, it's an ad platform. So as a marketer, I have access to a lot of information about you that you're probably not fully aware of. What is big data? Because we hear it, but nobody ever actually explains what that is and what it really means mm -hmm. if you're not in that space. Right. So big data has a different description and, and there's a, a different answer to that question depending on what industry you're in. Ah. So coming from the finance industry, big data is all about transactional and behavioral data that relates to perhaps your credit report, for example. It's the processing and storage of enormous amounts of data per second. So big data is this buzzword that some people throw in there because they're not quite sure what it is. But there's a lot of software that exists now. You know, here in Atlanta, you have Hortonworks. They went public. They've made a lot of money. They handle the processing and storage of a lot of data. And the companies are storing reams of data and they're selling it. So there's a lot of money in data now. If you're not storing your data, you're not able to sell it. You're not able to generate revenue off of it in some ways. So a lot of us, what we're doing out there right now is about data. And we're not even as consumers aware of this. So when we talk about the cloud, <laughs> the cloud is, mm -hmm. is a nice visual for all of us to think of where this stuff is. Where is it really? It's sitting in servers. It's sitting in, in different files. So the cloud is a wonderful way of marketing to you so that... <laughs> you visually represent a cloud, right? So that's what marketing does. And that's what's happening right now is you've got marketing wrapped around a lot of your personal data. For example, I, I can't stop talking about how quickly people are putting de devices in their house everywhere that listen to you. 
And people will argue with me about, oh, no, it doesn't, it doesn't listen to me all the time. I go, well, how do you know? So how do you know? So there's these neat articles that I can share with you that show you where you can find where your phone has recorded you. You can go into your Google profile. You can see where you've been for the past month because Google has logged all of it. So the question really sits right now is, you know, you can get mad at Zuckerberg or Facebook or whatever, but then you need to add in Amazon and, and, and your vehicles and all of the other data sources that are tracking you. And right now, we really, it's time to talk about a product that's designed to help us decide what kind of data is, is available. Right now, we're being just preyed on. If it's free, <laughs> then I'm the product. Yes. That's very true. Your data is the product. Okay. Break down for us, in layman's terms, Cambridge Analytica, what is it, mm -hmm. and what did they do? Cambridge Analytica is one of many, and you know, in the marketing space, there's a lot of businesses that can access data through the back-end systems of Facebook, for example. There's a developer API. And... When I went and looked into what happened with Cambridge Analytica, you know, myself and companies I've worked with and for have all done the same thing. We've all had access to the data within Facebook. What Cambridge Analytica did is what they chose to do with that data. So it's up for discussion what actually happened, but I don't see how it's very different than a lot of the systems I've used personally to do marketing and advertising campaigns. You know, I want to target a very specific person. You won't believe how targeted I can get. I can then follow you. I can watch what you do for 30 days. I can send you things across other websites you've been browsing. So it's all about data and the fact that uh, Facebook, the word trust keeps coming up when you look at what some of the, the questions were um, in Congress. And that's what we're talking about, is you're believing and trusting that Facebook is using your data to your best interest, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Ridiculous? It's, a, it's all about how much money can Facebook make off of your data. Same with Amazon. So Amazon has a whole different system. They're, they're working on products. They're trying to get you to buy things. They're watching everything you click on. The Facebook platform, you know, the Messenger app does listen to you. Have you I'm not sure if you've tested this out. There's some great articles where you can talk about a random product for probably right now while we're talking to each other. And you'll start seeing ads that are coming up related to some random keyword you said in a sentence that has nothing to do with a product you want, but you're getting ads for it now. Facebook gave Cambridge Analytica access to data without fully understanding what they were going to do with it. So without getting into the political angle on that, that's what a lot of marketers and, and firms can have access to. They literally sent files to Cambridge Analytica. So that's the part that you know is up for debate is... I have access to the systems that, that Facebook provides me as a marketer. Also, when you are logged into Facebook, so we all do this. We get to our work or we get to we start our day. We have it on our phone. You've got, you're logged into Facebook, and then you go and open up a new tab and you go browse other things. That's also being tracked. So what you're also doing uh, within browsers while you're logged into Facebook is also being tracked as part of the ad platform. It's capturing that data. Yep. So they all kind of blend together in many different ways, all kind of unified through marketing and advertising. So what are the things that marketers are looking for about users? What kind of data is being tracked? What do you guys want to know? We want to know your behavioral data. So one of the, one of the things I teach and talk about with clients is, you know, the best intent, of, the best insight I can get is what did you just type into Google? So remember the, the big case study from a few years ago where, where – um, Target knew a teenage girl was pregnant because of what she was searching for on their website. So in quotes, air quotes, 
Target knew this, their AI systems knew this because they're a big retailer. So they have big, powerful systems. That's where the big data sits. Those systems have the ability to make decisions and see patterns. So if someone searches for these three things, it likely means this. So in advertising and marketing and now media, obviously you're very familiar with that, we are looking to see how quickly can we make a smarter decision to get you to convert. And the conversion could be identified as you've purchased something, you've given me some data, I collected your email address, you asked for someone to call you, something that's measurable. And so then the system will add up. All these behaviors equal a conversion. And, and by system, you mean some big computer processing piece somewhere. Of software, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a really cool piece of software. There's, there's you know, thousands of options in which you can do this. But they start to bucket it. And now with Facebook, one of the features they rolled out that Google does as well is I can upload a big database list, and it will model it, and it will tell me what we call lookalikes. It will go find people who act and look just like the people that are already customers. So as marketers, we segment our lists by people we make a lot of money off of. Go find me more people that look like this. So uh, I can also run a campaign that's just targeting all these people that like this certain page. So it can get real basic or it can get real heavy. So then what recourse does a consumer have to protect his or her identity online, to protect our data online beyond not sharing, especially if you decide, okay, I am going to delete Facebook. Mm -hmm. Then am I going to stop using these other sites and services? I mean, it's almost, as you're, it's almost as if you're telling us that this is toothpaste that's out of the tube that's not yep. going back in. Exactly. And so, you know, I was talking with some friends of mine before coming here to talk with you. And if you're going to delete Facebook, okay, great. You need to not use Amazon. You need to take away all of the listening devices. You need to pay attention to what your car is doing. Our car is a computer now. Uh, and you have to think about the ways in which you're going to access data. And so... You can use um, incognito mode when you're using the web if you want, which will give you some privacy. Uh, But right now is a great time to start a company that does this, if anybody's got any ideas. (laughs) And I'm sure (laughs) there are investors out there, too. You know, Equifax and the big credit bureaus are the pioneers in in data and managing data and uh, creating a system in which others use their data. So if if you look at what they're doing, there are all kinds of data sources. So, for example, um... Equifax was in the news recently because they are looking at your um, business phone number and business email addresses. So there's a piece of software that's coming out as a startup that's going to send you an email to your business address anytime anyone requests that. So there's, there's layers. And so middleware is the software that sits between two other pieces of software. And those, that middleware is where I see the, the big opportunity where we'll be able to manage this somewhat. It sounds kind of silly. I was going to ask you, getting ready for our visit today, some of the do's and don'ts about sharing information on social media or via email or via free email. So that mm-hmm. does mean that yes. Gmail is reading your mail, oh, yeah. Yahoo Mail is reading yep. your mail. All, All If it's free, you're the product. Yes. So I can target you based on things that are in your inbox if I want to. Why isn't my inbox private? Because it's on your server? Because it's free. You're not paying for it. Hmm. So, again, it comes back to people really love the convenience. We're completely addicted to social media and this access. And as a marketer, I like being able to create campaigns that actually really resonate for you. 
But some marketers don't make those decisions like that. They don't want they want to interrupt you. They want to bother you. And so Google does put in some limitations on some of that predatory advertising. I think Facebook has struggled a bit to to evolve their platform as fast as Google has. And then you've got Amazon, which is massive and fascinating with their product search. It's a whole different algorithm. So but they, everybody loves Amazon. Mm-hmm. And you've got all kinds of devices in your house that are listening to you because you trust Amazon right now. So do you honestly think that, that they wouldn't be in the same circumstance Mark Zuckerberg's in? So when the Amazon Echo in my house has the red circle on it, which means mm-hmm. it's not listening, at mm-hmm. least that's what they tell me, right. you think it's still listening anyway? Well, yes, because it has to because it's always going to be listening for you to say something to it to activate the, the algorithm that turns it on to start searching. I mean, if it wasn't always listening, would you need to plug it in? And I could be wrong. I'm, someone could call you after listening to me and say, it doesn't listen to you. I just disagree. I also think there's not enough policy or awareness as consumers or humans for you to really be so avant-garde about placing them all over your house. So we start with the, the Amazon Alexa. Mm-hmm. And then there are the other smart speaker devices because other companies saw mm-hmm. this and said, we can do that, too, mm-hmm. in our brand. So mm-hmm. consumers should have those same thoughts and concerns about uh, Google Home, mm-hmm. the Apple smart speaker. Yep. Your car. I keep saying it. Your yeah, car. what is my car doing? What is the car doing? So it depends, obviously, on which kind of car you're driving. And how new it is. But your car is also very involved in your life. We're connecting our apps to it. Uh, we're Bluetoothing with it. So whenever you're sharing, whenever you log in or connect something, you should stop and think about it for a second. Now, it's location-based. Um, I cut my teeth early in my career working in telematics and roadside assistance. So telematics was new and it was OnStar was new and people didn't fully understand what this system was. And when it was in its infancy, we were just a call center that had cool people that were Googling really quickly to get it back to you. Now these cars are exactly like our computers. So uh, T-Mobile offers a new product now that you can plug it into your car and it tracks you. And it's great for tracking mileage as a small business owner or something. But again, here's another device that's tracking what I'm doing, where I'm going, what's going on with my vehicle. So I'm trusting that T-Mobile isn't going to share that data. Same with my phone, same with the things I share on my own phone. It just keeps coming back to this trust factor. Just pay attention to how much access you're giving other brands. Same thing about the smart television in your house. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) I could go on and on. All of these connected devices. It's all data. That smart TV is no different than your phone. It's just a giant screen that acts just like your phone. Has video and speakers and all that in it. Probably listening all the time. Right. There's no getting away from this, is there? Mm -mm. No. So again, we go back to the question and you talk about the trust factor. What is the consumer concerned about data privacy, data privacy to do? I believe there's definitely... You buy a new car and the car is going to come with... The center, you know, the center column that had where you can connect your phone and have access to all your apps, all your devices. Right. Uh, you talked about roadside assistance, so it knows where you are, where you're going. If you're in trouble, it's going to come and rescue you. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you know, that one time that you need it, in the meantime, it's it's following you everywhere you go. That's what you're saying. Yeah, so is your phone. I mean, your your phone is in the car with you, too. It's doing the same thing. So, you know, Ford, I believe, uses the Microsoft Sync platform. So that's a Microsoft conversation. What are they doing with that data? You know, they also have ad platforms and ad networks. They make money on a lot of different ways, but Facebook is a is an ad network. Is any of this regulated? 
by the government. There are regulations on advertisers, yes. And Facebook has policies as well. Sometimes you're as as an advertiser, your ads are disapproved because there's, you know, there's a long list of things you can't do. So I want people to know there's a lot I'm not allowed to do as a marketer or so an give advertiser. us give us one or two examples. Well, for the longest time you, there was no alcohol ads allowed on Facebook, for example. In Google, I'm not allowed to mention um, certain other brands in my ads. And so they regulate this through their, their own systems. Um, there's all kinds of policies in the payday lending predatory uh, world as well that Google really monitors to make sure you know, that payday loan stuff is, is regulated because that was, that was really churning up the, the space. So what's happening now, and I think Congress is trying to make an example of Facebook out of this, is that this should start some conversations of more strict policies uh, that then make it more federally regulated. And I believe, though, it will always be the illusion that you are protected. Now, I think there could be some steps that could be taken to at least inform me of how my data is being used. So I would say Facebook has some really neat uh, tutorials when you log in, and it teaches you how to make sure your stuff's private. It tells you who sees my stuff, and you can go through all of these little tutorials to figure that out. You don't get that from Google or Amazon. They don't give you any tutorials on how do I see my stuff? Like, what are you watching? What are you tracking? Um, and I encourage people to go to go look this up and, and ask Google to show you all of the things you said this past month because it's all recorded. So when I hit the little, I have an Android, so when I hit the speaker on my keyboard, for any reason, Google records that and it's all logged in a file. And it's, you can hear me messing up sometimes. It's funny. You know, I don't use it that often. You know, just trying to do voice to text. If I'm going to send someone attacks and I'm going to just use my voice, that's recorded as well. I can even use public Wi-Fi to target people. There's a lot I can do that. And this is what I'm getting at. This is my key point today is I have more access to your data than you do as an advertiser. And that's the part that needs to shift. You need to be able to see as much as I can see. That is a very important point. And you speak of public Wi-Fi. That says then, hmm, I probably don't want to get on that then, right? I wouldn't recommend it. No, like people love having an access to Wi-Fi. You know, my son is 14 and his generation, they don't even hesitate. It's like, where's the bathroom and what's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> and I think, or I have to teach him how to be careful what he's sharing. You know, he's not logging into a bank account yet and stuff. But, you know, with all of the identity theft and, and how smart these systems are, it's not just people. The systems are smart. You know, I'm very cautious of where I log into public Wi-Fi, unless it's encrypted. And that means what? That means that your data is secure. People can't access it. Everything that you've shared with us today is terrifying. It's creepy. Yeah, it's very creepy. Very big brother. And watching the interviews and, you know, all of in the in the world I'm in, it's all the making fun of the, the congressmen that don't understand what Facebook is. You know, that, that was all over the news yesterday. And, you know, I'm really disappointed to see this massive divide between the amount of people who know nothing about what Facebook does and you can see that in the, the questions that were being asked. And then there were several people who really did understand what this company does. And that part is disturbing to me to see. That's just the same as the population. You know, my son's generation is a very savvy digital crowd. They are totally wired in. You know, they, they're going to give their data away, and they're going to figure out ways to get something in return for that, whereas us we're older we're looking we feel violated we feel like how dare you follow me around and it's like oh but you you've got your gps turned on on your phone your location 
You can go into your phone settings and you can turn things off that will limit the amount of information, but it will make it really hard to use Waze. A lot of people don't know the Waze app is owned by Google. So the convenience of knowing if there's a traffic jam, I'm willing to trade my location for that. I'm just going to hope that you don't do something with my data that is political or infringes like we're dealing with Cambridge Analytica. Describe for me, without naming a client, what success looks like for your company mm -hmm. when you develop and execute an advertising campaign for a customer using data. Because mm -hmm. this sounds as if it's something entirely different from the messages most adults and young people are used to receiving, either listening to commercials on the radio, watching commercials on television, mm -hmm. pre-roll ads that we may see online. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about is something entirely different. Yeah. Well, it's more advanced. So behavioral targeting is what we're talking about. So I want to have access to a set of behaviors that indicate you're likely interested in buying my product right now. And so a lot of products are sold online. A lot of them are sold in store. And as a marketer, we're measured on how much money did I spend to get this much revenue? And that calculation is a formula. And in between those two pieces is where I have to make all the magic happen. So there's standard benchmarks of running ads, and it's kind of mediocre, and you might get enough clicks, and you might get enough people interested. What I wanted to do is I want to take databases, bounce them off of other databases that give me even more information about who's most likely to respond. I want to be smarter before I even launch the campaign. So it's predictive. There's predictive analytics. There's predictive models. And so I can use this data to almost kind of sure bet myself that I'm going to do well with this campaign. Now, I'm measured on, you know, did it work? Did people come in the store? Did people book an appointment? Did they buy a product? And I want to make sure, and, you know, I, I have a lot of friends in this industry. There's a lot of us that do great ads, and there's a few that don't. But our focus is to make sure we create an ad or a set of ads that dynamically change based on your behavior. So if you're showing an interest in taking a vacation, I want to know that because I actually want to offer you something. I want you to come to this resort. I want to be the person that gets in front of you. And social media allows me to know you're clearly showing signs of being interested in vacations. So that's, the, that's a great example of using data well. I haven't interrupted you. I've actually given you what you wanted. I've, I found you. You raised your hand, and I found you through all of the different systems. So you're looking at the pictures that I post of places that I've been and targeting perhaps ads saying, well, ooh, she went here, she went there. Perhaps she'd like to go here. It's not so much the pictures. It's the words you use. It's where you check in. It's what you're talking about. It's what you're posting. Did you share something related? And so Facebook starts to build that profile for me. It says, this is somebody who's interested in the beach. Um, it might be you like a Coastal Living Magazine's website or something. That's another way I can target you. I can find lookalike websites and people. The one that I think really blows people's minds is when I can um, take a sample of people that are modeling a certain behavior, and then I can build out an entire campaign on people that do the same thing across the country because we all think we're unique, and you're not. It's like it's amazing how quickly I can bucket you and, and see these behaviors. You know, we, we target and, you know, you're in radio. You drive times in big driving cities like this one. You know, that's a prime buy. So rather than try to negotiate all of that media, I can just find you through social because you're dialed in. You're using Spotify. You're using um, on your maps. You're talking to people. You're using that phone while you drive. Your car is too. There's a lot of ways to reach you. All right, Diane, you know that you are now officially uh, 
in my wheelhouse as an expert as this is going to be a story <laughs> and a field that we're going to need uh, more expert analysis on. And you seem to have a tremendous amount of knowledge. I thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you very, very, very much. Diane Meyer, president and CEO of I Create Results, a digital marketing and ad firm here in Metro Atlanta. If folks want to find you online, <laughs> take that risk of doing the search. How do they do that? <laughs> oh, I'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> no, anybody can reach me at diane at iCreate.com. And spell that because I know that's uniquely presented. I-C-R-E-8-T.com. All right. Diane Meyer, thanks so much. No problem. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.